It's Savina's House Podcast, episode 131. We are all on Zoom. Yay! We made it happen. I mean to say what? This is my house. <laughs> I'm Shayna B. This is my house. Dexter <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stucky, and this is my house. <laughs> I'm Garnett Briscoe, and this is somebody else's room. It's not even, this ain't even my room. <laughs> but I'm here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a while since we've all been together. I mean, I know I've been at first with this whole pandemic thing, I was okay with it. But then in like the recent weeks, I've kind of really been going through it. So I kind of just like stuck to what I have to do essentially in my life. But now I'm like starting to feel better about it. So uh, I'm, I want to know how you guys have been holding up. I mean, we haven't talked in a couple of weeks. Um, I, I, for me, it's been like kind of, it, it's been a, a, an interesting adjustment. I mean, like you go from like, first off, I think it's really important for me that like the last day that I was at work was Friday the 13th. And I'm all, I'm, oh, I'm a very superstitious person. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, you got to be careful Friday the 13th or whatever. And that day they were like, okay, look, we're going to take two weeks off. And then after that, you guys work from home. And after that, we'll figure things out. That two weeks has now turned into like two month, months. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's turned into the whole year now. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and then like initially, I guess it was like kind of okay. Like you're staying up late, you're eating whatever you want. Like it is kind of cool because it's two weeks. But then after that, and like currently, it's just like, all right, like I, this is too much now. Like I'm, I'm gaining weight. Like <laughs> <laughs> my sleep schedule is messed up. Like it's yeah. just, it's a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah, I would say for me, it's definitely been a transition because I'm like the third parent. My sister is a nurse and my brother-in-law is a cook at the hospital. So like they have to work. They don't have a choice. Yeah. So yeah. I am now the school parent and that's a lot. That's like a lot. Like I was on a call with somebody earlier and me and her were like vibing. Like we totally forgot what we were talking about and just vibing <laughs> through the, the struggles. And all I want to say is I appreciate teachers. Yes. <laughs> teach so much more because y'all got the patience of Job. I don't understand. I don't Not know why y'all want to do it. These kids, she in first grade. But let me tell y'all this. This is real funny. I turned in something the other day and it was wrong. <laughs> the teacher was like, just one thing, just correct that short vowel because Shell is a short vowel, not a long vowel. I was like, I'm going to let her know. Let her know. You, I don't know how she messed that up. But you know what? The kids are learning completely different things. Like you've seen them do math. Their math is different. They don't do math the same way. They cut out that long division. What long the division doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> completely different. They get the same answers in different ways. Right, right. So that's just been the major change for me during this. So like she gave me a Mother's Day card yesterday that said, you deserve a break. Too bad you ain't gonna get one. That's just how I feel right now. That's how I feel. Happy yeah. Mother's Day. <laughs> yes. How about you, G? Um, I feel like now I'm starting to really enjoy it um, this time. And uh, I'm unemployed right now. Unemployment is fabulous. If y'all don't want it, <laughs> please join. Um, yeah, right now I'm just trying to get my mind right, spending time with friends, family, as much as I can. Uh, Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, friends and family. Don't be afraid of your friends and family, man. <laughs> <laughs> you about to get the Rona, bro. I remember when you the Rona. Listen, I'm not going to get the Rona. I'm protected by God, and so is everybody around me. We straight. We straight. Look at Dex's face. Look at Dex's face. <laughs> it's a lot of fear going on so, outside. So you one of those people. Okay. Oh. Well, one of what? Those, you know, like, 
the guide is going to protect me. I'm going to be out there protesting okay, in front of the officers I'm, I'm, and stuff. I'm, I'm still, you know, a little, a little cautious, but for my friends and my family, I'm not going to let anything stop a handshake or a hug from my family that isn't going outside either. They're not going outside. They're protected. So okay. why should I, you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm yeah. not going to dap it. No, give me a hug. Give me a kiss. Ain't nothing changed. I'm oh, you're a girlfriend. Hey, all right, hey, all right. But now other than that, man, just really just trying to stay creative and stuff like that. Like I said, I'm actually enjoying this time just like y'all. My uh, sleep schedule is completely wrecked. I'm not looking forward to changing that at all. Huh. But we here, man. I'm enjoying myself. You know, when this thing first started, I was really excited because I was doing all the stuff that I never got to do. And I was Martha, I was Mina Stewart. Mm. I was baking from scratch. I was cooking. And I just could not understand the people that were like, oh my God, I can't deal with this. I'm bored. I didn't understand it because at first, right. Because, you know, I, I consider myself a workaholic. So it's like, I'm always going to find something to do, whether it's in the house. I, you know, I've been gardening. You know, I've been out here planting tulips and stuff. <laughs> Doing stuff I've never done. I clean my cabinets. Never done that. <laughs> so, but then, like, I would say about three weeks ago, when they started to change the narrative a little bit about it being something that's two weeks to a month to two months to this is something we're going to be dealing with for the rest of the year. I think mentally it just really gave me a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. because I, you know, I, I'm an only child. I live by myself. I have a dog. So I think I'm, I adjust very well to being alone. Um, I don't mind being alone, mm-hmm. but what happened was I never realized how much balance I need in my life until this happened. Like, believe it or not, going out to a basketball game for me, that's release. That's decompression. Going out to dinner with my friends or drinking, you know, that's a release for me. Getting a massage, you know, going out to get my hair, my hair done, my nails done. It's a bonding experience that I didn't realize was relieving stress in my life. Mm-hmm. So now that I don't have those things, I kind of like went through it like three weeks ago where I was really like just stressed out. I had anxiety. I don't really get anxiety. I felt overwhelmed. You know, I think a lot of people around me are losing their job and that's really affecting me because it adds to the fear of, uh, you know, I'm worried about my friends and uh, how they're going to come up out of this. And just reading the news really was starting to get into my head. And I just, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to get out of bed. You know, um, I kind of just went to work and then slept and ate. Went to work, slept and ate. So I was really going through it. But that lasted maybe like a week and a half, two weeks. And then I kind of snapped back out of it. It's like phases that I'm going into. Like I was really domestic at first. Mm -hmm. Then I was a little like, I'm just going to do the bare minimum and work and sleep and eat. And then I I came out of that like very like, ooh, I want to try new makeup tips and new hair tips. Mm -hmm. So I started ordering stuff online. And now I'm in this home improvement phase where I want to like, upgrade the house and you know buy a new refrigerator a smart refrigerator so it's definitely been like stages for me and I'm learning what helps me cope I never realized that all these things actually help me cope and help me stay really balanced so I get it y'all um I'm just happy that we can come together and kind of talk 
you know, and just talk about this mess. So uh, there's a lot going on in our feed. I mean, I think the thing that is most on my mind right now is like the Jill Scott and Erica Badu thing. Yeah. It was so amazing. What did, did you guys okay. watch it? What'd you think? Thoroughly enjoyed myself on that. I really did. Uh, I was in here lighting sages. And <laughs> candles lit. We, we actually watched it as like a party as far as me and my roommates. And, you know, we, we sat here and put on a big screen TV and we watched it from beginning to end. I thought those two ladies did a magnificent job. Uh, I thought the um, what you, the sportsmanship was beautiful. They spoke highly of one another, um, and I'm looking forward to the next one based off of how good that they did. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, they're doing Nelly and Ludacris next, right? I can't wait, boy. Hi, ooh, my boy, downtown baby. How about y'all? I really enjoyed it, especially just knowing so many people in the Philly music community and knowing people that worked on some of those songs that Jill played, knowing people that played with Erica and, you know, having them. I saw, I was seeing their comments come up on the live, like, oh, I remember we played that there. It just was really good. And like, mm-hmm. you know, like Arnett was saying, just the way they spoke highly of each other. And like, I think Jill said it at one point that somebody said, this is the way ladies are supposed to be. Like, we need more of that out there than what's out there. And I appreciate it just that, just that it was so positive and, you know, it took me on memory lane, child. <laughs> think about some people. <laughs> so nothing against the ladies. I think they're both phenomenal talents. I obviously have them. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I have them both on, you know, my Apple Music. I love them. They're great performers and everything, but I'm just not into the verses. Like, I just... It's just very difficult for me to hold my phone. And like Garnett had a good idea with li- watching on the TV. Maybe that'll work for me. But usually I do it on the phone. And it's so difficult to sit there for an hour just to watch like text messages are coming. And I, it's just a lot. So I just don't deal with the virtual. Okay, Dex, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. And I'm not going to lie. And this sounds dangerous. I listened to like an hour and a half of it as I was driving down to Delaware. And I think that's why I was able to stay on. Because I'm like you. Like all these lives after 10 minutes. People like you go. I, I can't. I can't hold my phone. I'm done. I'm going. Ten minutes. I'm done. Well, I felt like that with the Teddy Riley and Babyface one, but I think because Teddy was really getting on my nerves, and it was just like, you know, the sound issues, and then just like them not knowing how to work the equipment. Not them, Teddy specifically. So I get where you're coming from, Dex. But I think when they both know how to work the equipment. <laughs> Like, I really enjoyed T-Pain and Little John. Like, I really, really enjoyed that. I did enjoy that one. But that was because I think I wanted to be out partying and those songs had me <laughs> do it for you, yeah. And then I really liked Neo and Jonte Austin, you know? And I sat there, I got a little frustrated with the Babyface one because of Teddy Riley mostly. But I, I really liked Jill and Erica too. I guess it depends on your attention span, you know? Yeah. Is there anybody else that you would like to see come up? Because, you know, we're going to be home for a while, so they got some more. Bow Wow versus Tiger. I need that. What? Bow Wow versus Tiger. That's, yeah. not, a ba- that's not a bad not idea. Bad like, Bow Wow has been great. It's great and underrated. Yeah, I agree with that. It's, it's better than Bow Wow versus Romeo. I want people to stop saying that. Like, yeah, Romeo yeah, doesn't have a catalog. Romeo got to battle me. I want, right. Ka- <laughs> I want Kaya and Trina. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that might be like a certain fight to alive. And it'll be six minutes. Trina Washer. <laughs> Trina got hits on hits on hits. 
I saw they were doing a train of and um and Trick Daddy one, but that's cute. They got the same music, but is yeah, there like what are they gonna weird. play the same songs together? Right, right. That's weird. That's weird to me. I would probably like to see like a Ratchet Girl face off. So maybe like City Girls and like Megan or like yeah. Megan. Sweet, yeah, Megan and uh, City Girls or that's what it is. You have to have equal catalog. Yeah. You know, and that's why I think this Nelly and Ludacris one is going to be really good because they both really got the catalog. And I think a lot of people forget that they have the catalog. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, by, the, by the way, I think Bow Wow's the frog on The Masked Singer. Oh, 100% the frog. <laughs> yes, the right? Yes. <laughs> Who do you think is Night Angel? Candy Burris from I the think Real it's Housewives. Candy, too. Yeah. You guys don't watch? No. I haven't been watching. Oh, y'all missing out. That's a show right there. Yes. <laughs> Especially so this season. Watches it, but we watch it behind, like, on demand. I think I might have saw one episode. It's so good. Um, so after this enlightening Erica Badu Lizzo thing, right, then comes social media. Talking about, oh, why do y'all accept Erica but not Lizzo? You mean Jill? So Jill. Sorry, uh, right, uh, Jill and not Lizzo. So obviously they're both full figured, I guess. I guess that's the correlation. I don't know why this comparison started to happen, but it was a legit conversation. But isn't hmm. it normally people get upset because people are normally comparing Lizzo to a Rihanna or a Shanti or Beyonce or whatever? Like we're comparing, like now that takes that whole argument. Like y'all hate Lizzo because she's big. That takes that argument and throws it out the window because Jill Scott is, she's full figured as well. So like. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's that's why this conversation started to happen because a lot of pe a lot of people go to the people criticize Lizzo because they're body shaming her. I don't I don't have a problem with anybody who's full figured, right? But I've said I don't. Sometimes when I Lizzo gets on my nerves, it's not because of her weight; it's because she's so extra with it. And then that's why the conversation started happening. Like, okay, well, why do y'all criticize Lizzo but not Jill Scott? But I think you have to really think about. I don't think at least for me, for me, it's not the weight. For me, it's yeah. whether you're skinny or fat, it's how you're carrying yourself. You I know? was just going to say, I don't understand why they're upset because Jill, you know, she might do some stuff and we know the microphone thing, but the way that she carries herself, I don't think you can compare it to Lizzo. Like if they were talking about vocals or whatever, whatever, but Lizzo, and again, we talk about it, no shame in her game. That's how she wants, she's very free with her body. She's very open. She want to be twerking, you know, or everything. That's not even anything that Jill would do. So that's why I don't get that. How do y'all accept Jill and not Lizzo? It's not even the same thing. Well, I think Lizzo's a little bit more in your face too. Like I've never seen Jill twerk in front of kids at a basketball game. I think or for me, like I think for me, that was the tipping point. Like, okay, Lizzo, <laughs> this is getting out of hand, Lizzo. They're kids. They're six, and you have your bare ass cheek hanging right at, in front of them at the Lakers game. And if you think about it, hello, that was one of the last games that we saw before the coronavirus stuff happened. So Lizzo, that was very unsanitary. Look what you started. All that ass, man. All that ass right there. <laughs> I think that's what it is. I don't think people have a problem with Lizzo because she's big. She's just so in your face. And I think that she does it in times that are inappropriate. So it's like, I, look, I, we all like to twerk. I don't, I don't have a problem with watching ass, but there are certain places that you got, you got to put the ass away. A kids' <laughs> basketball game is one of those places. I also feel like Jill Scott, like we, we're so emotionally attached to Jill Scott mm -hmm. and her body and her weight. 
because of that damn movie, man. She got <laughs> she got verbally abused by a <laughs> guy. Found found another guy helped her lose weight up the fucking. <laughs> You know, found a good guy. She lost her. Very good loved point. You know, that is, that loved her. Like, like, wow, like, you know, so Lizzo got a star in one of the movies. Lose that <laughs> Lizzo's also a lot younger. You have to think. Yeah. Like, there's also an age difference here. I mean, obviously, Jill carries herself. In. First of all, Jill was putting out music when women weren't doing this. Mm-hmm. So right. she wasn't going to be doing it, period. But now she's a little bit older, so she's not going to be doing all that twerking right. and stuff like that. So right. I don't think we have a problem with the sexuality of a big woman because I thoroughly learned a lot from Jill Scott watching her suck on that um, microphone. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I'm just saying. When she said like this, when she went like this, she was like, get the balls. <laughs> and then she went like this. I'm like, yes, Jill. <laughs> As a member of the MBW committee, mixed between weights, I'm not, you know, I'm not a skinny chick and I'm not a BBW. I don't have any problem with Jill's weight, the way she carries herself, and I really don't with Lizzo, but I do feel like Lizzo is off the, like, she got cut off on Diddy's thing, the dance-a-thon thing they were doing, and he tried to say they didn't cut her off because she was twerking, he said it was the song lyrics. I'm like, it was the song lyrics. I think it no, was. No, Diddy. I think it was the song lyric. I mean, Diddy is... Come, I mean, we know Diddy. Like, Diddy would, if I would assume, like, Diddy would, what he would or would not like, it would be that. Like, listen, it was like I think a clean, he, but it was, it was a family show until then. But it was Easter. You can't be twerking <laughs> on Easter. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus has risen. You, there's certain things you can't do. Like, that was inappropriate, y'all. I was just trying to see a little bit of that, too. No. <laughs> He logged in on that live. <laughs> Philly Jesus logged in. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, Mother's Day. Mother's Day is always very interesting because especially when you have multiple baby moms or baby mama drama in general, like to watch Future shout out all his baby moms on Twitter. That was a moment. <laughs> it was something. And he still, uh, missed, and he still missed one. He's, he missed like three. <laughs> <laughs> He shouted out five. I think, no, he missed like two, really. Yeah, like two or three. Yeah, two or right. three, yeah. I don't even know anymore. I can't keep count. But um, YG posted like his baby mom and uh, the picture, in the picture she's pregnant, he's next to her. And I just kind of like really felt bad for Kehlani. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about like, when you're out of a relationship, like should you be worried? Like should YG have just posted his baby mama Mother's Day? Or like, do you do you guys think that there should be some reservations, being that he literally just got out of a very public situation with Kehlani? I mean, honestly, I think out of respect for the new woman, I probably wouldn't have just thrown it out there because you know how the public is. Like, they're going to be like, you were just with Kehlani, this and the third. And this woman's like laying there on the hospital bed pregnant. It's an intimate moment. It's kind of like you don't want to ruin that with anything. And I do feel like because the situation was so public, people are going to have very public opinions about it. Right. Yeah, I think it's, it just depends. And it definitely if you're in a current relationship, like I saw the game, he put up a post about both his baby moms, but I didn't notice one of them was way longer. And to my knowledge, he's not with either one, but the relationships are different. But then when I, and when I saw that at first, I was like, well, that's really nice. But then I did think like, well, if he's in a relationship, like, how does that woman feel? Like, yes, you want the person to respect mm-hmm 
their children's mother and obviously they're doing a wonderful job you want to give them that but when if you're in a relationship with somebody and he got these long posts on mother's day it's kind of like oh okay you guys just say happy mother's day send some flowers and keep moving send a text <laughs> you don't gotta do it all public like that it, it, it really depends on uh i guess what was said on these posts but i believe you know giving you baby mother or baby dad whatever you want to call it when the time comes on mother's day or father's day uh you know a shout out just showing them some appreciation and respect i think that's cool but i think there is it, it should be some guidelines if you have another significant other i feel like it's definitely it's definitely guidelines you know i felt bad for kaylani because that song that she put out mm -hmm. on valentine's day she talked about how he was being deceitful and you can go ahead and have go ahead and have your baby so I'm like putting one and one together and thinking maybe the baby mom is pregnant. I don't know if that's an old picture, a new right. picture, a current picture, but I just think in general, it's just super messy um, and hurtful. I felt bad for Kehlani, you know, and I saw people in the comment field talking about like, damn, you ain't have to do Kehlani like this. See? But she just had a baby too, right? Before no, that. Before they were together though. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. Her before they been yeah. <laughs> literally like they, she had a baby and she going out with him like it was. Yeah. Um, go, go take yeah. Kelani. Come on. Go go. <laughs> go breastfeed. Go breastfeed your baby. Don't worry about him. Her <laughs> baby <laughs> is one. Well, He's not breastfeeding her baby anymore. Well, well take care of the baby. Like people do it after one. I, I hope not. <laughs> your baby got teeth and you still breastfeed. Some people do it. All right, moving on, Takashi 6 9 You know, I really wish that he would have came out of jail and stayed low-key, but he's actually doing the opposite. I wouldn't, I would have even have my, I wouldn't have minded if he even just put out music. Like he gets out of jail, put out music, put out videos. I get it. You got to continue to work and make money, but he's just doing a lot right now. What do you guys think about everything that's going on with that? Well, go ahead. No, you go. Because I, I don't have very much information other than watching on YouTube. Yeah, so I'm in mean, live, and I'm like, okay. I ain't got too much to say on it. I just will say, um, I think if you are going to come out and still want to release music, you have to own it the way that he owned it, whether you like it or not, because that's the only way that it's going to work and sell for his sake. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I don't, I really don't care too much. Uh, I think for his career from here on out, I mean, he, he's just, he, he's infamous whether like he just is, he, he, he is a very huge artist because of the controversy. So, I mean, even if you don't like it, you at least got to acknowledge that. And that's he, what he's saying. So, you know, he's not going to calm down at all. That's the way he make his money. So he's going to keep rapping the same way. He's going to keep, you know, trying to pick at people. Uh, hopefully Meek leave it alone just so he won't give him more buzz because I feel like leading up to it, Meek definitely helped out getting him $2 million, mm -hmm. even though he didn't need much help already. But you help. You know, you, you, you're somebody that's a figure in the culture that people look towards and hang on every word. So when you are putting that energy over there, your fans are going to go over there too. So you're saying that you don't like something, but you're sending people there, even if you don't mean to. So That's really annoying to me, Meek and Snoop Dogg. Like, y'all haven't been in the streets for years. You guys ain't about it. I'm sorry. You ain't about it. I'm just saying. I mean, at least like, you just got out of jail. Like, no, but I know. It's like, they're like, 
long amount of time. But they were like, they're so gun ho on this like rap rat culture and snitching and th- I'm like Snoop you gotta show with Martha Stewart bruh you got a song with Katy Perry <laughs> like let this gangster stuff go Meek is on a whole nother reform platform right. talking about prison reform let this gang oh, let that go this guy is not a gangbanger he's a kid that got involved with a gang for money or whatever you know and for the clout he's not abiding by those same rules yeah, I, I think I think you guys all have valid points. I think it's weird. Like I never paid Takashi Six Nine much attention before. I thought it was funny. Like it's a joke or whatever. I actually like dressed as him as Halloween, not last year, but the year before, <laughs> as a joke. It was just funny to me. Like, but I didn't really realize all this extra stuff was starting to go on. Then when he got arrested and all that stuff started happening, it's just kind of like, all right, let's just let it go. Like, then he came back out. I'm not interested, so I don't click on it. People consistently send me stuff for it. Like, here, post this on your page, post this on your blog, and it's like. No, I just rather not. My only issue, though, is the excessive use of the N word. Like, I just think that to me is like a problem. I think you you don't. It's not necessary, and it's one of those things that I think as a culture, like we're so upset about him snitching and all this stuff, but we're not upset about him screaming the N word, which is a derogatory term. I think that's where we should be focusing our energy. But I guess we can't because a lot of us do it too. Yeah, you know, for focus on though, how does he feel safe? Like. I was just going there. He's so unbothered a little bit. And I get I you guys, just you had to there. perpetuate that. So you're putting that self-record, so you can't be no punk. But I'm like nervous for him. I was going there. I think for me, like I said, I think I would have been like, okay, you come out, you do your music, you put out your videos. But I think because he is so flamboyant and even that little white girl posted his location and his house. You know, I'm almost scared for him as a human being. I don't know him personally. You know, I was never a really big fan. But I would hate to see some one more person die, you know. I agree. I agree. Um, because of something like this. Like, you know, he got involved with some really scary people. And, um, you know, that people that tried to hurt him. You know, he when he did his first live, he said, why should I be loyal to these people? Yeah, I snitched on them. These people, you know, beat me up, kidnapped me, robbed me. They, they had sex with my baby mother. You know, they tried to get me on a wiretap. Like, these people tried to take him down, so he has no loyalty to them, so I get it. But it's like, you know, I would hate for him to come out out of this situation because he's been lucky. Yeah, coronavirus thing hit. He's out of jail. He's doing house arrest. He's a lucky guy. He was looking at multiple years, decades. Six to nine nine years. But that whole thing, though, that he said, like, why should I be loyal to them? It's difficult for me to get behind them because I feel like if if the four of us jump in a car together and go rob a bank and all four of us are a part of it and one of us get caught, like, you can't then, and and say it was me that got caught and all three of you guys, you know, just y'all just went away or whatever and, and treated me wrong after I got locked up. It's really like you did it. it. I was a part of it too, so I have. We to all deal with signed it. up for it. We all right. signed up. But, you knew what you was doing. But say we're all signed up, right? And then Dex goes and starts to collaborate with the federal authorities on trying to take me down, right? So at that point, do I have loyalty to Dex? You already turned on me. But you, I still did the crime. At the end of the day, I still did what I did. Like I have to own it. Mm-hmm. If it was like you were lying and you were making stuff up, it's like okay, like I'm not gonna deal with that. But like I literally did the crime. You're telling something that I did. Like it's not like you're lying. Right. So you think that he shouldn't have even have said anything be just because he was an you know You were affiliated, like you were wrong with them. Like you you just you just happened to be the one that got caught. Right. 
Right. Well, I just think, you know, I would hate for him to lose his life for being so flashy with it. I don't even know why you're worried about that. <laughs> I'm really worried about that. This, I, don't, you, you, I don't even know the guy, but I'd be worried. You got to take into consideration of like everyone else that's, let's say, let's, uh, let's say OJ Simpson, right? OJ Simpson did a terrible crime. Ain't nobody worried about him, bro. No, no, I, I'm just saying. <laughs> he, he, he did a terrible crime, right? Got off. Everybody knows who he is. If they wanted to find him, they could find him and do harm to him. O.J. Simpson's still walking. George Zimmerman did a horrible crime. People know where people are at. He's still walking these streets. So as far as him feeling safe or being safe, him actually being a huge artist makes it safe for him. If he wasn't a huge artist, then it's something to look out for. You know, but being so big... Everybody knows who he is. Everybody's security at that point. Yeah, that's, that's a fair there's, point. There's, there's always eyes on him. So even the girl, you know, um, catching him, like, me, I think that was him lining himself up for more publicity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only because, you know, his first thing was, you know, I got to go attack, you know, this King of New York stuff. And in his head, he had to say that while he was in New York. He don't want to oh. work long. So, you know, with He's the air and all of that stuff, he knows, you know, windows is open. Like, people are very aware. So you stepping out on a balcony with all of this jewelry, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. you are a walking unicorn. Everybody knows <laughs> who you are. Literally. Yeah, so it's like her seeing that he knows somebody's going to post something and then now it's more publicity, he was going to move anyway. And was and he was definitely in an area where people who are going to, would try to do something with him, they nowhere near that area. <laughs> like this was a little young right. white girl that caught him doing that. He's gonna go to Florida though, because that's where Casey Anthony is. OJ Simpson <laughs> probably out there, George is out there. OJ Simpson. That's a crazy state. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he broke the Instagram um uh record, right? And then he broke the YouTube record with this video and music video. Uh, do you like do you like this song? I, I didn't really hear it. I saw it. I didn't hear it. Yeah, I, I really don't care to hear it. I like the song, y'all. <laughs> but, <laughs> but this, Mina, song, like, this song is fire. <laughs> but Mina, like that's not really saying much. Though we've accepted music that wasn't really up to par. It's no. It's not like it's Erica Badu and Jill Scott or whatever. We've accepted music that's not the best for decades at this point. So like people liking the song is not surprising to me. Yeah. Right. I like the song. I like the video too. <laughs> I like his chain. I I like it. Oh, you're just doing too much. I like it. I like listen the rainbow colored girls and with the big asses. I like it. <laughs> What's not to like? <laughs> you up to something, but I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I probably I heard the thirty second like snippet, but me myself, like I'll probably never stream that. I'll probably never. I, I wasn't one of the people on YouTube that helped him break the record. It's not because I don't like him or anything like that. I have no interest in his music yeah. for for what it is. If if I hear it in life, that's fine. But I, I'm probably not clicking on it. You know, I do a lot of things for research. So I was watching the live for research. I watched the video for research. I was just impressed that he made this video in his backyard. 
Well, I think Drake made that video uh, for Tootsie Slide, like in his house. That's well, that was, that's, but that, that wasn't the mansion that, that he lives I in. Know, is just... I know. I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that good. <laughs> that, that don't say much. I mean, we know what his house looked like now, but. <laughs> and that's all he wanted to show. Right. <laughs> that's all he wanted to do. That's all right. he wanted to do. All right, so um, one of the things that I've been obsessed with watching is The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. Oh, so good. It's like, I think it's the best thing that has come out while we've been all quarantined. Absolutely. What do you guys think about it? Amazing. Every time I watch it, I feel like I'm learning something new. And it's crazy because I feel like we're never going to get this opportunity again. Like, there's no sports figures, in my opinion, that are as polarizing as Michael Jordan was currently that are private. Like, all these situations, like the, the Dennis Rodman stuff that happened, like, all those things, like, you kind of heard bits and pieces about it back in the day, but to actually see it now, it's like, damn, like, that's really what happened? Like, mm-hmm. and then it's just, like, his drive, his determination. Like, I have said to myself multiple times, like, Dexter, you're not working hard enough after watching that, because, like, his determination, like, his willpower, like, Michael Jordan, like, really, like, ran the court, and I want to do that in my own life. I'm so inspired by this documentary. Yeah, I was going to say, for me, it brings up so many, my love for basketball, because I, and I was watching the one, and I don't remember what year, the one playoff with them in Utah, and I'm like, I remember, that's when I fell in love with basketball, like, watching that playoff game, I, that's when I fell in love with it, and then when Allen came to the sport, I just took off, but, like, that game and watching Michael Jordan was when I first started my love affair. And just, you know, and, and me having worked in basketball and having so many memories and really seeing people that, like, I know now, like, oh, my God, look at him when he was 20. Look at him. He was cute. Yeah, he was a, cute, girl. <laughs> just going through, like, memories I was like, and just different things. And just, I don't know, when you watch it, it just gives you, like, a rush. Like, it just gives you this feeling. I can't even describe it. Yeah, I'm... I'm enjoying myself. I only watched the first two episodes on purpose because I really want to watch all ten. Well, the, the rest of it all at once. I'm jealous. I, I, That's I, smart. I really yeah, smart. Ah, but uh, so like like you said that some of the stories that are you know being released and you know we're getting a full thing of it now is interesting because. Yep. You know, hearing everything and whether it's rumors and everything now that's being confirmed is like, wow, all of this was really mm-hmm. going on, man. Right. So that just that really just lets you show, I mean, let you know uh, how, like, Jordan was, he's different from everybody. It's probably him and then Kobe as far as, like, how far they're willing to take winning. When he's out here not letting people eat, that's another grown man. And you tell him he can't <laughs> eat because he can play well. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that that's like wow, that's Jordan. And I would want to play for him as well because yeah. that's like wow, you get what I'm saying? Like that's that that teaches you something. That mentality, yeah. Because yeah. like, yeah. you're not born everybody's not born with that. And and he showed you during this documentary that it could be taught. Also yep. another thing that I thought was really big in this was the, the the Dennis Rodman connection because like we know how Dennis Rodman was like flamboyant and stuff like that and like most guys would be around somebody like Dennis Rodman and be like I can't deal with this and Jordan like just it's like he didn't see that like he was just uh-huh. like this guy can play ball like that's what that's what matters here and honestly I think if more people were like that in society we would be in a much better place Right, right. Because they understood that Dennis was different and they understood his complexities and were willing to embrace it and work around it so it could work for the team. Yeah. And and that's why I'm sorry. Good. I was going to say no, but that's why they were such 
an amazing team. And boy, are we lucky that they even had a camera back then to film all right. of them. Who, who would have, you know, like we would have never guessed <laughs> back then. Like, oh, we got to wait 20 years to get the best documentary ever in school. <laughs> but they were so forward thinking. And like I said, it does say something about Jordan too. So for him to even have another grown man agree and say, okay, I won't eat. You know, I wish that, somebody would. Everybody bought into that one thing at the end of the day, and that was winning. Yeah. You know, for me, um, I don't remember a lot of the early stuff that happened with him. So my early uh, memories of Jordan were more so when he had just come back from the baseball mm-hmm. and then him playing and then him going off into golf which I, I, I'm interested to see if that's what they cover next. But I didn't know a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff that was going on. I mean, I didn't even know that they said that he was mean. Well, you know? I was going to say, to your point and to, to, like, Dex's point, we were so young. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff that was going on, like, I'm, like, watching these news clips, and I'm like, did I know about this? And I'm like, girl, you was 10. Like, you know, like, right. trying to remember my age. And I'm like, well, yeah, I probably was, like, playing for yeah, Probably not. <laughs> like, yeah. But I feel like it... it and the question I have for you guys, if some of those things happen, and it's Michael Jordan we're talking about in today's world, because they had ESPN, but it was different. It wasn't mm-hmm. five shows, five ESPN channels. There was no social media. Like, how do you guys think it would be if that was happening right now? All over Twitter already. So we wouldn't, we would just be, we, it would trend for a day and then it goes away. That's why, like, these people now, they're not going to have these big documentaries like that. Like, Le- LeBron James, I think he's so polarizing, but he's kept a clean image and stuff. And also, like, it's just one of those things where it's just like, like Tristan Thompson, like, we know the stuff that you go through. Like, it's on social media already. So a transport day, with Tristan. and then it goes away. <laughs> just like, just the polarizing figure, like, it just comes and it goes. Like, you guys don't, y'all don't even let us, like, get, like think that something might be going on. I kind of, you know, everything right away. I kind of disagree because I feel like there's always, like, their side. And we don't really know their side or why they do certain things. I mean, even with the Dennis Rodman stuff, we all knew he dated Madonna. You know, uh, we all knew that he was um, polarizing and he was eccentric. And, you know, yeah. my friend, one friend was saying he thinks that he was a closet gay man. And he just could not be himself, which is why he was doing all these things. But I didn't know the intricacies of how that affected his basketball career and how, you know, Phil Jackson managed him as a coach, you know, or even Michael managed him as a teammate. You know, yeah. I don't, I, there's always something that you don't know. And that's why I think, I don't think the documentaries we're going to see are going to be like this, like so much, like has been revealed. It's not going to be as revealing, but I definitely do think that they're going to have one where we're, we're seeing a different side of things. I mean, everybody knew why Jordan, I mean, it seems like back in the day, people knew why Jordan left basketball because his father had passed away, you know, but... <laughs> But to see him, but to see him actually explain, like, no, I felt attacked. You know, the media was was saying that my gambling somehow had influenced the passing of my father. Like, I wanted zero parts with the sport. That is a perspective that we didn't know. Right, and I like how they show that, like the buildup of how the media is attacking him and you know, you can't go anywhere and you know, all of those things. I just love how they show that. The other thing that I feel like I do want them to patch up some of these old school beats. Y'all too old and life is too short. We out here in coronavirus. I need y'all to patch up some of these beats. I'm sorry. 
some of it I understand though. Listen, like Jordan Isaiah. Okay, yeah, that's that. That that, and that's because I believe from 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 what I saw in the documentary, Jordan that day when Isaiah Thomas didn't shake his hand, he saw something in Isaiah's core that was irreversible. No matter what he says or what he does, that day, that's exactly who he is. So, and that, that's what Michael Jordan thinks. That's what he feels. So, yeah, you don't have to patch up that beat. Girl, I'm holding on to that. You petty as hell. When I, lost, when I lost, I shook your hand. You lost, and you ain't even look my way. But I was F you. Say, we ain't going to be friends, bro, ever. I was going to say something they don't show in the documentary, but, of course, all this other stuff is coming out now, and, like, I'll be watching these YouTube videos. There was actually an incident with Isaiah prior to that, like leading up, because mm -hmm. Isaiah's from Chicago, and they're saying that there was some feeling that he was very jealous of Michael because he didn't get the same love in Chicago that Michael got. And apparently, like Michael's first All-Star game, Isaiah purposely, or allegedly, purposely told people, don't give him the ball. Like, we're not going to let him score. So it was like, so that was like the, the top of it. But it seems like there was this beef building for years. Yeah. How about his mama? I didn't know, you know, She's Nike gorgeous. Nike is like the biggest thing. I didn't know that Nike back in the day was like nobody cared and yep. his mama had to tell him to take a deal with Nike. You know, DeFault. like awesome, awesome, awesome agent, they default. Yeah, I mean, I'm learning so much and I just, I really love it. And I don't want it to end. See, I don't want it to end either. Because what else are we going to have to watch? <laughs> <laughs> the reruns. I'm watch the last dance reruns over and over. Oh my God. I love it. I just, I mean, even, I mean, even when he was crying, when he won his, his fourth title, and he was crying and sobbing because his dad wasn't there. God, I was like watching him crying too. Well, I was going to say too, and I like that even though it's like, yes, it's the last dance and it's a focus on Michael Jordan. It, it does take us through these other characters, you know, or other people. So like even the background on Phil like that, I just never knew about. Like, you know, so yes, you're seeing all of these deeper things about people that you see, but you just didn't know about. Like when yep. he started talking about coaching and, whatever country he was in and they would like shoot the opponent. I'm like, and yeah, you're this calm, peaceful, held together man that's master. able to do all these things. The Zen master, man. Yes, yes. It's just, I think that's just amazing. You know what I'm annoyed about? How they're like, well, they're not doing Scotty right or they're not portraying this person right or that person right. It, it ain't, this documentary ain't about these ancillary right, people around Michael Jordan. Scotty Pippen documentary. <laughs> <laughs> this documentary is about Michael Jordan. People are like, I saw the one guy that used to play for the team talk about, oh, why he ain't interviewed me. When y'all was playing oh, together, was. Craig, <laughs> I was like, Craig, when y'all when y'all was you know back in the day, you was talking ish about his deal, Michael Jordan's deal with Nike. You didn't have an amical relationship with Michael Jordan. Now you want to be included into the documentary? No, Craig, you should have shut your mouth. Is what you should have done. I was so annoyed reading that article. Why they interview me, Craig? You ain't his friend. That's why. We don't need you for this great. We story, don't need you. This ain't about you. You do your own documentary, Craig. You are not going to add anything of substance to this documentary. Sorry, Craig. I don't do a separate <laughs> documentary about Scottie Pippen, how he wasn't paid. But it's like, this is not about them. This is about Michael Jordan. And maybe there can be some spinoffs.
And maybe that'll save this whole thing. It's still not going to be as good as this, but yes. You know what I'm annoyed about, though? I hate how they keep skipping between years. Like, they'll be I like, like it. 
I just try to be respectful of other people, like understand where people are coming from. The only thing that I can't get behind is people sending me conspiracy theories, just because <laughs> I know people personally who, who, are, who are affected by it. Right. So I don't like that. Like, don't send me that. And then I also don't like it when people are outside protesting. Like, that's. I mean, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, same for me. I have a lot of people that I actually know that have it. Some, mostly everyone is, you know, healthy considering with it. I don't know anyone personally that's died from it, but quite a number of people that don't know how they got it, you know, been in the house and, and trying to distance and maybe one person out their house went out, have it. So, you know, I definitely am taking that more serious. And, um, you know, for me, one of my goddaughters even has it. She's under 13. So, you know, I just worry about her because there's a new disease that's manifesting for children from this yeah. disease. Um, so it's very, very serious. So, and that's the thing is we don't know yet where this is going to go. So, I, I, I mean, in Pennsylvania, you can't even go into a store without a mask. So mm -hmm. I might step outside if I need some fresh air. If I'm right on my step, I'm not putting on a mask I'm, if I'm not going anywhere. But obviously, if I'm going anywhere, like today, I just had to drop something in the mailbox. I had my mask, my gloves on. I'm a little bit extra ADD because I got like, I got a, a, a fanny pack with um, um, antibacterial. I got sprays in the car. I got different <laughs> colored gloves for different occasions. These are my Wawa gloves. These are my Home Depot gloves. These are my supermarket thicker gloves. So, you know, and I got everybody in my family masks. I've actually been helping my one girlfriend sell some masks and she's been giving away some to nurses. But I just think I haven't, I don't personally, I had some friends that I would say at the beginning probably weren't taking it serious or like, oh, no, I'm going to do this. But as it's been going on, and again, we know more people are affected. Um, I think everybody I know been taking it serious. The one thing we did do for my niece, though, we did do kind of like a play date her girlfriend that lives around the corner because first of all we need to break her mom <laughs> needed to break but they just like they both had their mask on and it was just like real quick like you know just some of that stuff and then like mother's day i was with my mom we didn't have masks on in the house but she's just the one additional person you know that was in my house but other than that i haven't seen any friends but y'all get ready for june 13th because we still quarantine i need y'all to do a drive-by <laughs> on my birthday <laughs> It, you know, now birthdays are hard for me though, and it's weird because usually for my birthdays, for birthdays, I'll just post like a picture of my friend or whatever, and then we'll go out that night or whatever. Now I feel like I have to spend money on friends for their birthdays. Like that is just like, <laughs> you ain't spent money on my birthday, Dexter. Your birthday was your birthday was like right there. Like we were still okay around your birthday. Now no, we weren't. Like, it was April twenty eighth. Oh, no, yeah, you just passed. Yeah, yeah. Mine was in the middle of it. Hey, man, Where's my present? It's still on my niece's present. I'm struggling. Like, <laughs> Trump, Trump needs to send us another check so I can my birthday gifts. <laughs> as far as that, uh, yeah. I, I'm wearing masks, you know, we, we, we aren't allowed to go in stores either in Jersey without it. So, uh, you know, I always have my mask on me when I'm outside. Um, like I said, I'm not changing up too much. It's not like I'm out doing everything anyway. Of course, the comedy clubs are shut down, so being out is shut down. But as far as me dealing with my, with my family and my immediate friends, I'm not wearing a mask. Of course, I wash my hands just as much as anybody else hand sanitizer just as much as anybody else. But that's that's what brings me peace, is still being able to kiss and hug the people that I truly love. Like yesterday, I went around the corner, I, was, I went around the corner to see my aunt, see my niece, see my cousin, see my uncle, and you know, give them their flowers and their wine and stuff from Mother's Day. But that right there is like, that's what I still want. 
and I know they're not going out the house or anything like that. I'm not in contact with too many people. I'm doing the right thing. So I'm still big on shaking hands and kissing babies, man. You know, I think this is really showing us that we have to really trust. I think trust is a big thing that uh, we're learning from this experience. And like, for me, it's like, I don't even know who to trust because you don't even know how people are moving in their lives. I know who not to trust. Huh. Anybody on that goddamn TV. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I was going to say, guys, be careful because you know they're saying that even when it passed and you test negative, it could still live in your semen. And it could be sexually transmitted. That's the new news today. You know, like, should we be concerned about that or should you? Oh, well, I guess, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess. That's, that's your problem, not mine. <laughs> I'm not getting no Another that y'all can give us that we ain't asked for. <laughs> I'm not getting no semen, so I don't got to worry about semen. <laughs> I don't got to worry about no with semen. It's, it's, I don't know. I guess it's, you know, it's, it's, it's weird times right now. I'm just not trying to be fearful in whatever I do. I still want to take precautionary measures or whatever I do, but I have to weigh what's the risk and what's the reward. But I, I'm not going to be feared into not shaking someone's hand that I know is clean. I'm not going to be feared into, uh, you know, like I said, like hugging or kissing my aunt that I know is like. I'm, but I'm, that's I'm, what I'm saying about trust. How do you know they're clean? That's my problem. Like you don't know faith, how people are moving. I pray, I pray blind faith. Blind <laughs> faith. I believe in something. There's a, it's, some people don't have symptoms. Like how do you know yeah. someone's clean? Blind faith. Well, you got to just do like my sister said. My sister said, we got to just treat it like we've all got it and we've all been cured. Because there are so many people that are asymptomatic that will never even know if they had it. Yeah, but that's the thing. There is no cure. Like, even if you get this and build the antibodies, like my friend got it really bad and she built the antibodies, she could still get it again. Yeah. Well, there is a cure. Where? Bleach. You just got to drink a little bit of bleach and that is the (laughs) cure. (laughs) And kill yourself in the process. Look, he didn't say you would live. He just said it would kill the corona. Right. That's true. It will disinfect that corona right out of you. So I came across an article on CNN.com that explained why people are not wearing masks, right? So it really helped me understand the people in my life. Because I just could not put my arm, my, I could not wrap my head around, this is easy. All you got to do is wear a mask and stay away from people. Why is that that hard? You know, but I read this article and it said, A, uh, they have problems with authority. Uh, B, they don't believe that this is a real threat because they haven't been personally or directly affected by it. C, they feel like their freedoms are being infringed upon. Uh, D, some people may feel like it makes them look weak because if you wear a mask, it's admitting that you have fear of something. And then E, People find them uncomfortable. Let me See, tell you something. All them people is going in a grocery store with something on their face because otherwise you ain't getting no groceries in exactly. some of these things. So they can say they don't want to make a mask or they want to. You want this food, don't you? Better put something on your face. People always try to pretend. I used to say all the time that I think people lie and pretend because they want to have disorders. Like people be like, oh, I'm OCD or whatever. Like so from someone, these same people be the ones that don't want to wear masks and aren't cleaning up after themselves. You're not OCD. You just like to clean here and there. Like you, you're not OCD. You're right. Not. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's so true. 
So the one I, thing I can say, those medical masks, if you wear them for too long, they make your breath like it's dry your mouth out. So it's not just me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I be sliding like, lifting oh, under, I be like, oh, that's me. That's y'all. That's this what we been. That's what we been smelling. That's what we been smelling, y'all. It's a little dry up in here. You gotta drink water. You gotta hydrate. Yes. Yes. Uh, yesterday I, I wasn't dying with the mask on, and like the lines in the grocery stores, it's like if you don't have to go, like why would you even bother to go? The lines were wrapped around the things, whatever. And I just started getting so overwhelmed because it's so many people. People in there have to so long get so hot. I'm like, I just take this off for a minute. I just need to breathe. Like it's just, right. I can't wait till the mask stuff is over. I don't think it's gonna be over. Not for a while. Not for a while. Nah, yeah. We gonna wear. I mean, you, you, we, wait, Bruce. I mean, Garnett, do you wear masks? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's just hugging oh. and kissing people who <laughs> he believes <laughs> are clean <laughs> by the grace of God. <laughs> God. God has anointed them and saved them from the corona. That's it, man. But now, well, I forgot what I was about to say. Um, we were talking about wearing masks. Wearing masks all this year because it's going to happen. Oh, no, no, I did. So I was going to say, yeah, uh, yeah we, we we probably going to November, man. It's, it's December. Make it December. Go ahead. Because of people like you, you out here <laughs> hugging people. Oh, no, no. It, it ain't got nothing to do with me. When they, when they start to throw these new, like, they dropped a new symptom today, like how somebody dropped a new album. Yo. I Yo, I read Every today that, that you can get it from your eyes. I was like, from your eyes. How are we supposed to do? Walk around the grocery store like, <laughs> like well see they did originally say the eye thing at first because you know like a lot of times like that which is why they want the water but every i feel like they don't this virus is mutating so much and they just don't want to admit that because every time they'll be like okay now you can have five headaches instead of four headaches three neck pains like like you said just every day i'm like okay so basically anybody can have anything and have coronavirus okay all right. Especially with now and his kids, where now, like, the kids, they have their own thing, and a lot of parents and stuff like that. People are going to be frightened. So, you know, this isn't going to be something that is going to be short term from here on out. I feel like it's probably going to be longer, especially when you start involving kids and older people. A lot of people are not, you know, playing games with their kids. So, yeah. The, the okay. new, the new, the manifestation is called like the Kawasaki disease for the kids yeah. that well, have had they, it. They're they not going to make it like stuff like up. Like <laughs> explain to me the Kawasaki, it, 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 that's been around. So, basically, yeah, the, virus the, bikes, you, I know. <laughs> the virus gives you like those, those symptoms. But that's how you know, like you said, we're not going to be sending these kids to school in September if there's not nothing. People are not going to want to do that to their kids. So? Wait, so so right now the mandate is June 4th, and it's different for different states. Well, in Philadelphia, okay. it's June mm -hmm. 4th, like that's what it is for us. You think they're gonna extend that again? No, I think we'll be able to do stuff. I just don't think like stuff like you know the sporting events and school, like they could even do something like maybe schedule kids to come at different times. I don't think we'll be all together until there's closer to a vaccine because people are going to be worried about if I send my kid to a 30 person class with the teacher and now, you know, the kids are spreading it around. The kids spread everything around as is just like regular common cold stuff. So I think until we have something, they're going to be really weary about how we do stuff, like you said, kids and older people. So my friend is a school and a teacher in Philly, and I don't know if this is like, 
you know, what's happening around the country, but she was telling me that she's finding it really difficult to teach online. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, she said she got to do all this extra work, you know, to put stuff, you know, up online. But she said, but the kids aren't used to learning online. So the kids aren't, some of the kids, they don't even know where they're at. They can't reach them. You know, we don't got parents that are responsible that are telling their kids go and, and learn, you know, go in front of the computer or whatever. So it's like for her, she's saying it's really um, challenging. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, uh, I, I actually, I, I saw one of my older cousins. Uh, she uh, teaches middle school kids. And she's saying it's like the worst thing ever because the kids aren't even doing the work. They're right. at home, you know, and she sees when, you know, they log in and they're logging for about 30 seconds, probably when somebody walks in and asks them what they're doing, and then they're going right back to the PS4 or yeah. Xbox. Well, see, they need teachers back. like my niece's teacher because she will email you like, um, that assignment on me, and I got all that. like, no, I did that assignment. We did it. We did it. She's like, I never got it, or maybe I deleted it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to send This is the kicker, though, from what she's telling me. They can't even fail the kids because it's, right, a, you can't. it's a whole new situation. So as a kid, like, if you know that, then, yeah, I probably won't. I'm not checking in the class then because I'm going to make it to another great. But let me tell decision. y'all, that's when I got pissed. Like, oh, when they started saying, well, they're going to have a reading assessment and it's selling. I'm like, oh, so I'm giving out tests now? So I, y'all going to try to dress it up with the assessment, but it's a test. It's a test. Okay. Yo, but they're not even evaluating teachers right now. So teachers could do the crappiest job ever, and it doesn't like that. It is, it is the wild, wild west out there. It is crazy. I just think it shows that a lot of us in a lot of different industries just weren't prepared for this, which is understandable Uh because we've never dealt with it. It's just that some industries, I think have done it like the entertainment industry in my opinion is just amazing when it comes to this like i think that that industry has just really like raised the bar and like really like welcomed themselves to the time education on the other hand it's just like like what the hell is going on it's like i know it wasn't good before but now it's just like my fiance works in the school and she's a, a high school counselor and she says like you literally have to chase kids down seniors in high school to be like you got to do your you got to do your work in order to pass to get out of high school and it's like, if you're a senior in high school and you're failing classes, like, this is an opportunity for you to do better, and you don't. They say right. that diploma, or that, uh, yeah, that, that, that high school diploma. And, and it's sad because they, yeah. they know that. They know that. They know that, like, no, regardless, I'm going to get it. But then I have friends who work in higher ed, and they're just like, you know, at the end of the day, we do still have to calculate GPAs and stuff. Like, you can't get into college. Like, yeah, you might just yeah. pass high school, right. but you can't get into college like this. So, like... Well, Listen, my uh, cousin said she's still she's you're, that person's still gonna fail their class on paper. <laughs> you still gonna get that F for not showing up because I'm doing work, you not. But right, the school is still gonna let them go. So it, it's like a, it's I don't know, man. It, it, it's rough. I feel bad for honestly the kids because their parents still got to work too. Well, at least yep. some of them, and it's like you know they it, it's that's why school is so important. So right. the, the the teachers and everybody, they get paid to look after and help you with your child. And now it's just all on the parents. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just different. And to go back to what, you know, uh, Dex said, as far as this, uh, the rest of the world kind of being late, that's, you know, the, the entertainment, the music industry, everything is so fast. That's why school isn't fast. You're going to do your four years no matter what. They're not trying to make it faster. 
Yeah, but it's ridiculous that they're not failing kids. Like, what kind of enabling is this? Like, okay, I get it. I get it. It's hard. We're not used to this. But these are young kids. They're adaptable, more so than older kids. So you're already setting the bar of, okay, well, it's okay for you to not to adapt and roll with the times. What kind of problem-solving skills are you teaching them? But that comes to being prepared. That comes down to being prepared, like Dex said. Like, I I will say for my niece's school, before we got to that Friday the 13th, when we knew this was happening, that Wednesday, they were like, parents, we're going to prepare this. We're going to send home these virtual copy books. Da, 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 da. They set everything up before they left school that Friday, knowing that this might happen. Philadelphia School District, them kids didn't get They're copy still books. They're still giving out You know, they yes. didn't get that for weeks. So it's That's because like, they didn't find them kids. No, but they let them go home, and then they figured out a plan. So that's the thing. It's hard to say fail the kids is like you already failed them there was no plan in place for them when you knew that they were not going to be at school how are they supposed to get these chromebooks and all it is now weeks later when they're sheltering in place at home so again i do believe like it came down to really like are you prepared and in teaching us like this is why we slow in this country we're not prepared enough some, some of the kids as well i know and it's probably they can't punish everybody off of maybe one or two people probably is, is, is probably what they're saying because there, I'm pretty sure there are kids that don't have internet that can't mm-hmm. get any, you know, and so it's like with that in mind, am I going to fail that kid too just because they don't have it? Right. No, no, no. I get down to the school district to get your Chromebook. No, I understand that. I'm not saying those kids. I'm saying there are kids that don't have excuses. I understand if you have. uh, Okay, well, I don't have internet. I didn't grow up with internet in the house. I get it. You know, I, you know, I haven't received my computer. I get it. But there are kids that are just not doing the work. Mm You know, and they have the access. They have the internet. They just choose not to because they know that there's no punishment. On the, the end issue, of it. The only issue with that one is it's kind of like, so say it's the four of us, right? All four of us are in 12th grade now. There's four people behind us that need those same seats that we're sitting in now. Mm. So if they don't move us forward, then they bring those next four people forward. It's like, well, we don't got no room for these kids. Like that's all, it's already overpopulating these classrooms. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like I feel bad for these kids and their mm-hmm. education and their futures. And it's like, even in college, you know, I was reading this article and it was saying how college kids are suing schools because they feel like the online courses that they're getting are not to par with the actual, mm-hmm. you know, real courses. They don't feel like they're getting their same bang for their buck, so they want their money back. Say that's definitely true depending on the course you know depending on if you're in a lecture class i mean now maybe y'all can do zoom i don't know but i would say that's definitely probably true depending on the course and i do think some of these private in colleges that get all of this money they need to be understanding somewhat like i know they were giving kids their money back for like their meal plans and stuff like that which i think is a little ridiculous if if, if i'm selling them I'm, I'm suing my school too because a <laughs> lot of those same courses is online for free right now <laughs> I'm in a class with them. (laughs) But some of these kids, though, are actually only suing the college because they feel like they didn't get the experience of being in college. Not even about the class. Like, don't be ridiculous. If you're going to sue, sue because of, like, 
Your you education. Know, you about education. Right, right, Don't right. because you couldn't party. But Dexter also sell you. That's why I went to that school, Dexter. It's like a party. Y'all they cut the basketball that. games. They do send you that. They do sell you that dream, though. I will say that is true. They definitely they do sell do you the whole experience. And I did see the NCAA is actually doing something where they're like, look, if everybody can't play, we're not having games. So that I think is going to deter a lot of people from going to college in general. Mm-hmm. That's why I went to Syracuse. Carmelo Anthony had just won the championship. I was like, I'm there. <laughs> Uh, These are difficult times where I'm glad everybody on here is wearing a mask because I was a little scared. Dexter, please stop. I mean, Dexter, G Garnett, please stop hugging people. Can't man, I I, I love the spread. I love this love to spread. (laughs) You spreading the corona? No, no, no. I am the the vaccine. It's me. Oh wow! Baby, come get come. Come get this love. <laughs> I, I watched the documentary on what's damn it, I forgot the guy's name on Netflix that he was have he was he had that religious cult and he was having sex with everybody. Wait, yeah, Waco, the guy from Waco. Yeah, that's yeah, I, I didn't say it. That's, I didn't about the story. Baby. All those cult leaders be having sex with everybody. That's how you sound. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you sound, Garnett. <laughs> that's how I sound. Yeah. <laughs> I am the vaccine. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you. Anything else you guys want to add? Man, stay safe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and hope we get back to work in, in, in real life very soon. I hope so too. I pray and hope, man. We might have to get our freedom and uh, go to Atlanta. We gotta go down south, all right? <laughs> I'm all right. I'm cool. I'm yeah. cool. I'm cool. I had to cancel my trip to Harry Potter World. That was pissed. Harry Potter World probably safe too. <laughs> Definitely not. Not with them kids having the Kowalski or whatever the hell. The Nagasaki. <laughs> the Nagasaki. Uh-uh. Now I'm definitely staying away from Harry Potter World. Now these kids had a different sickness. Mm-mm. Nope. nope. Yeah, it's, it's, it's different right now, but no, nah, it was, uh, I don't know. I'm just happy to be here with y'all, man. I'm glad to see you. Yeah. Right. I'll give y'all virtual hugs. Yes, we get virtual hugs. Virtual hugs. Oh my God, look at my nails. They look no, terrible. Look at mine. My niece did mine. Look at mine. Your ne- what about our hair? Look, I broke the coronavirus rule and I had my girlfriend tell me to crochet real quick. But that was fine. It was just one person. It was one person. Yeah, your hair is growing out, Garnett. You got a full head right there. Yeah. But you have a full head of good hair. Yeah. I have a Brillo head. Like, it's just. <laughs> I mean, but this wasn't by choice, bro. Like, I had waves before this. <laughs> I wore a wave cap before this. I cannot do it now. So it is, work. It is what it is. We're not seeing a lot of people. So I'm well, you are. It's the same people. It's the same people. It's the same. People. <laughs> it's the same so you're not coming to my house for the rest of the year, Garnett. I think we joking Yo, in the beginning, when this started, he came in with a cough, and we was like, Garnett got the coronavirus. I'm going to leave with the cough, you know? I'm all right. We're going to be all right. All right, y'all. Thank you for watching and listening to the 131st, 131, sheesh, episode of the Mina's House podcast. We're all here. We all made it. Thank you for listening. I'm Mina. Say what?
Dexter Stucky. Now it's me. Someone. <laughs> you got me. You got me. Hey, go ahead, Shane. I'm sorry. I'm Shane B. We did this already. <laughs> no, I cut her off. I went first. All right. Garnett Briscoe, Sherlock Homeboy. Thank you. All right. Bye, y'all. <laughs> uh, A mess.